Oh, the good old theme music gets us underway. That'll uh, cover off the uh, the squeaking of the chair that I'm sitting in. For this edition of the VGK Daily, as we turn 41 and head into the second game of round two of the Western Conference Stanley Cup playoffs, the Golden Knights aiming for a 2-0 series lead against the Vancouver Canucks. And on the VGK Daily today, Darren Millard along with Stormy Bonatoni. Nice to have you back. Uh, a 2-0 series lead is the goal. If they play like they did uh, on Sunday, it's very much within reach. And it's game day. I love game day. Love game day. Yes, definitely. Um, the Golden Knights came out, had a dominant game one with a 5-0 win against the Canucks. Um, they sustained offensive pressure. They had success in special teams. They had a great stand-up goaltender. Uh, everything that you could ask the Golden Knights to do, they did. And if they were able to replicate that for game two and going on in the series, it'll be a pretty good one. I'm glad you brought up the goaltending because nobody's really talking about that. Nobody. Nobody. No. Uh, it kind of did get overshadowed a little bit by the Reeves-Roussel uh saga uh, and the interactions but and then the other conversation about goaltending had nothing to do with Robin Leonard's uh, performance but he was perfect in game number one and Pete DeBoer uh, was already a fan and is growing into that here is the head coach followed by William Carlson on the play of the panda it's not just this postseason I mean look look back at this guy's numbers over the last two years uh, and he did it in different ways. He did it on an Islander team that was stingy. He was a Vesna finalist. He did it on a uh, on a looser, younger team in Chicago this year prior to us uh, getting him. Um, you know, he's been a, a model of consistency uh, in the net in, in just about every area, you know, over a, a long time frame, not, not just in the short time he's been with us. So... Uh, I think he's just, it's just business as usual for him. Uh, he's, he's been playing at an elite level for, for a while now. Well, first of all, he, he stops a lot of pucks. Um, and, and when he does that, you know, teams feel uh, pretty safe around him. Um, he, has the, he has that aura uh, around the crease. And, um, yeah, I think he does a lot of things well. I like uh, I like the way uh, Carlson went through that. He st stops pucks. Stops, stops, stops pucks. pucks. That was it was funny because you like knew that that was going to be the answer, right? <laughs> like you just you're like that's yep that's where this is going to go. And then it didn't go any further. Like, <laughs> what do you like in a goalie? Oh, geez, stopping pucks. And after that, mm, yeah, that's I mean that's that, all you got to that, do. That, but that's about it. We get to look at the numbers though. And it was awesome. He had 26 saves on 26 shots last game, his first career playoff shutout, and he's been really good against Vancouver. I love the NHL PR info that came out after the game the other night, saying he's had three starts against Vancouver, three shutout wins with three different teams. You know, and, and that goes hand in hand with uh, his history at Rogers Place where he's had a really, really solid career uh, inside that arena in Edmonton. So it's almost like a perfect storm uh, for Robin Leonard, who will get the start in game two, we expect, uh, against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, now, 5-0 uh, is impressive, but it's no guarantee of a game two win, as Pete DeBoer uh, summed up so eloquently and accurately from his own experience. I remember... Uh, a game one of a playoff series last year in Vegas where uh, Vegas beat San Jose uh, and I was behind the bench 7 nothing in game one. And, uh, you know, 
uh, our group at that time in San Jose re responded pretty strongly in game two and and uh, you know that series ended up going seven so it's one win. Uh, we did a lot of good things, but we know there's going to be a big response here. And sometimes uh, you're better losing 5 nothing than 2-1. Um, and I'm sure we're going to see their best game, and we have to be prepared for that. Amazing that, he, that DeBoer can recall, uh, lean on a, a situation like that from game one to two that Golden Knight fans obviously know so well. <laughs> yeah, that's It just reminds you of the history that uh, that we're all kind of wading through. Uh, you kinda, you thought we were through that, but no, there's still reminders that he coached the other team. And it feels almost like it's year two with DeBoer it does, now, doesn't, doesn't it? it? You're right. <laughs> so yeah, we've, we've had that history. We, you think that it's almost like put aside, but then he brings up those moments and you're like, ah, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> but I will say his comment uh, drawing on how how you never know how another team is going to respond kind of reminds me of what Travis Green, the Vancouver head coach, said today that their team is PO'd and they should be and said anytime we've asked our team to respond, they've done it and they need to play better. And they did that after game one against the Minnesota Wild in the qualifying stage and then rebounded after letting a 2 nothing series lead against the St. Louis Blues slip through their fingers and had to rally in game five and six to close out the St. Louis Blues. Travis Green is a lot like Pete DeBoer. I, I see some similarities there. A great young coach uh, coming up through the ranks, and Pete was certainly that uh, with Florida and the New Jersey Devils, but also isn't afraid to change up his, his lineup and his lines. And I think you'll see a different-looking Vancouver Canucks group uh, and then what they hope will be a different approach. Uh, the other part of it uh, will be how much uh, interaction there is with uh, Ryan Reeves and Antoine Roussel. Uh, here is Pete once again discussing the role of Ryan Reeves and his influence inside the bubble on the ice. Ryan Reeves has an impact on the game every night. And, you know, it might not show up on a score sheet with 11 hits and, and the type of publicity he got last night, but there, there's a reason why they've started every game that I've coached here. Uh, I've seen it from the other bench, the impact when he's in the lineup. It just, it gives the rest of your group the freedom to play bigger. He's, he's the biggest, toughest guy in the league. Uh, lets everybody uh, play with more freedom and room uh, because they know he's in the lineup. So, you know, on the nights that, uh, that he's getting the 11 hits and, and things, uh, you know, he gets publicity, but, but he has an effect on our lineup every night making everybody play a little bit bigger um you know and, and he's a good hockey player uh, he gets our, he gets systems he gets detail in his game he plays as physical as anybody uh in the nhl and he does it without taking minor penalties and lazy penalties it's a, it's a it's a real gift this has always been a, a a little bit of a verbal team uh i was joking with Ryan Reeves last night that uh, I was on the receiving end of that for a couple of years in San Jose. So I know what that feels like. Um, he, uh, but they're into it, you know, they're engaged and, and, you know, while I've said before, I don't think the lack of fans makes a difference in the intensity level. Um, you know, the, the verbal uh, engagement, uh, you know, really, creates some energy and, and uh, you know, and, and some momentum for you at, at key time, shows your group they're into it. Um, 
you know, so I, I, I think it was great. Kind of always been like that. Um, uh, it's a bit rowdy on the bench. Um, and now you can all hear it because there's no fans. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say that's much bigger of a difference. I think it's good too, like you said, for the energy. So, uh, but as far as I can remember, it's always been kind of, kind of rowdy on the bench. They're witty guys. Uh, you know, it's, I'm sure you've seen some of the comments and the, and it looks uh, like just profanity, but you know, there's, there's a lot of witty comments or they're sharp guys and they've got, a, they've got a good humor to them and uh, they're engaged. So there's a lot of funny stuff that goes on back there that you, you, uh, you know, you obviously try and keep your focus, but you know, we, we have our moments back there. If you were Ryan Reeves, how would you approach tonight with Antoine Roussel? Would you go back at him or would you let it uh, evolve and, and come to him? I don't think that Reeves is a starter. Reeves is much more of a finisher than a starter. Like he'll come and retaliate when something else has happened or he'll, he'll answer the bell, you know, but yeah. he's not really the guy that at least for my, for when I know about him, like even when he's in a fight, he waits for the first punch. He waits for somebody to come at him. Yeah, I don't do that. To, he'll try to catch a punch sometimes, yeah. you know, like he's, That's right. he's very reactionary more than, more than going after. And I mean, he, he tormented Roussel last game uh, and deservedly so. So I wonder if Roussel wants his uh, his revenge or whether he's told by Travis Green, hey, dial it back uh, a little bit. And a big part of what we'll see will be off the opening faceoff. We know Ryan Reeves, mm -hmm. Will Carrier, Chandler Stevenson they start are, going, are, are going to start. Uh, I wonder how Travis Green's going to approach that, whether he puts Antoine Roussel out for that opening faceoff or whether he goes the Jeremy Colton route with the Chicago Blackhawks and puts out uh, his aces. And I mean, they're both agitators, you know what I mean? And yes. I, I think that that's not something they shy away from. They know that's part of their identity and they go out and do that. But that will be interesting. I hadn't really thought about the starting lineups for the game. That's and why I'm here, Stormy. That's, you're the yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, and seeing how Vancouver will approach that, that'll be really interesting. Like that's going to be something that I look out for. Real strong indication of, uh, of where the game two is going to go. Uh, whether it's going to turn physical and feisty and along that road, or whether Vancouver feels like they got off their game and were never able to recover and let that skill uh, develop. Uh, there, there's going to be some chirping. Yeah. Right. And I will say um, something that I feel we kind of talked about in the first round series against Chicago was that especially early on in the series, we didn't see a lot of that emotion and aggression no. and all of these things you expect to see in the postseason. We started to get that in game one. And I, I personally hope there's more of it. It's something as a spectator you really enjoy. You know what you could you could really notice more so than the the uh, Chicago series, you could hear the players more. I don't know whether that was just a, an adjustment that the National Hockey League made with the, the audio and the microphones and the, and the feed coming out of Rogers' place, but I mean, the chicken and the... Uh, you, you, McNabb threw a big hit early on, and you could hear everybody uh, hooting and hollering uh, around the rink. And uh, so you could hear some of that chirping. William Carlson and Zach Whitecloud were actually asked yesterday about who are the top three chirpers on the... It'd be a great name for a podcast, by the way, The Chirp. The Chirp. Um, hmm. I, wonder where the, I wonder if that's taken. Uh, the top three chirpers on the Golden Knights. Here's their reply. Revo. One. Yeah, sure. he's pretty vocal. Um, Marchy, too. Marchy's pretty vocal. Who would be three? Uh, 
I don't know. We have a lot of talkers. <laughs> that's the part yeah. of the game, though. I mean, that's what makes the game fun, right? It's, um, you know, in the regular season, you, you hear it happening. But, um, you know, especially in playoffs, this is what you play for. Um, it gets fun out there. And, you know, some games, you, the emotions get higher and higher. And um, you just kind of run with it and you have fun with it. And uh, that's what makes the game fun. I mean, you're going at each other and, um, you know, especially with no fans too, right? It's, it's another way to – not that there needs to be extra competitiveness, uh, competitiveness there um, with it being playoffs, but um, it does add that little bit of, uh, you know, extra competitiveness. And, um, you know, you kind of go at guys and who you're matching up with all night and things like that. So, um, you know, it makes it a little extra uh, more fun, I guess. So they go Reeves, Marcia So. You're around the team. You're doing the interviews between intermissions. You're hearing them come down the, the tunnel. I feel like you are the perfect person to to really settle this. Who is the third best chirper on the Golden Knights? I don't even think you would need me to settle it. I thought the whole league knew by now. I would go Nick Cousins in a heartbeat. Yes. Right? Yes. Like he like same words that Because he's heard. new, I guess we kind of forget. But you're you're right. He Hands down. The words that we've heard to describe Antoine Roussel in a guy you love having on your team, hate to play against, he's one of those agitators. Disturber. Like, that's the exact way that everyone describes Nick Cousins. And plus, I mean, just listen to his mic'd up that the Golden Knights put out last week. Oh my week. goodness, was how, that awesome? How much entertainment value do you get out of that guy? He's not shy. He's he's chirping his own teammates. He just has a blast out there. So it's kind of like you. you it's like you're always you're always beaking. You're always getting in people's <laughs> grill. <laughs> Is that a good balk? Am Can I you, good at it? Am I good, good at you got to do it a little bit more. So give me like a <laughs> good... <laughs> I'm fired. That's a good way to end it. Uh, we'll... Uh, just sign off. Sorry about that. No, no, it's it's all good. We'll, we'll fly on out of here. Uh, fly the coop. I'm so looking at a chirp, you know, a chirp microphone right. flag. Right. So I see, you know. Thanks for being part of the VGK Daily. Thank you. Game day. Game two. Western Conference second round. The Golden Knights up one, trying to double that advantage against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, listen to the game on the radio. Pre-game show, 6.15. Probably be about 6 o'clock on the VGK Radio Network uh, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace has that uh, intro on the pregame show. And then Dan Duva and Gary Lawless have the call and the TV on NBC Sportsnet and Fortress at Home with Stormy Bonatoni for game number two, your second screen as you get to, to enjoy the sights and the sounds, a little familiarity from the Fortress as you enjoy the Vegas Golden Knights and their quest to win the 2020 Stanley Cup. Enjoy the game, everybody.